sometimes I wonder why I spent the lonely Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my brother from another mother and co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, my man? What's up, brother Foltz? How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're going to have a really great show today. We got a good list of different things to talk about, and we're kind of getting back into really like, uh, you know, the the authenticity or the background of the roots that's the word i was looking for of subtle beast talking about different conspiracies the government you know trying to pull the wool over our eyes there's going to be mentions of aliens in here and if you're following our podcast you know how much i like working aliens into the com- into the conversation that's true Fultz does work aliens into conversations that aren't even about aliens yeah i mean you give me the opportunity to discuss uh, any type of ufo craft other planet interdimensional beings i'm all about it <laughs> and we're going to cover a lot of different uh well secret government projects that uh you know what we weren't supposed to know about but now we do and as we cover them it's going to come down to are these still going on and they just said they're not anymore or are they just still going on and they never even mentioned that they stopped them a lot of things are they're dropping these huge data dumps onto the internet and what the what we're finding is projects from 50 years ago are now being confirmed they're real projects yep real projects real types of uh I don't know, like tyranny almost even in some of these. And it's it's the perfect time to put out this show because uh, if you're on any type of social media platform, uh, you've probably heard recently about Elon Musk, and he's doing a lot of data dumps on uh, different things relating to um, uh, you know the elections that go on in, in the United States. And we're like, you know what? We love Elon Musk. We love everything about him from uh, all of his different companies and, of course, uh, all of his space programs and rockets and uh, SpaceX. So in honor of Elon Musk doing his data dumps, we're going to do some data dumps. But they've, some of these have uh, you know, been declassified, if you will. So we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So like I said, we're going to be talking about government projects that you know we're not supposed to know. And it's happened before, so how do you know it's not still happening? Now, at the end of every year, as a responsible citizen, you sit down and pay your taxes, well, we assume anyway, and secure in the knowledge that your money will be used to benefit our country or your country. But do you really know what the money is being used for? The money you work so hard to earn, what exactly is it being spent on? Is it being spent on schools, hospitals, roads, research, you know, those sort of things? Well, maybe. Or maybe it's being spent by mad scientists who are turning people into mindless killing machines or deranged paranoid men implanting listening devices and fluffy cats. Maybe your tax money is funding secret government projects that you aren't supposed to know about. Again, it's happened before, which means it's probably still happening now. Now, the purpose of many of these projects that we're going to look at today, they were uh, for military applications with almost unlimited budgets, top secrecy, 
and very minimal accountability. And you'll be surprised what our governments can get up to. Often, when the cover of a project is blown, they're discontinued. But you should ask yourself whether or not this is just a diversion tactic on their part. Maybe the projects continue under new names, or even in more secretive conditions. Now, no one can know for sure. Now, before we jump into these, now, a couple of these that are on our list, we've done full shows on. So uh, if you haven't been following us uh, the whole time that our podcast has been on the air, uh, and some of these... uh, ring that you want to hear like more information about them you can go back through our library i don't know over 140 plus shows and you'll and you'll find a few of these and you know we cover them in full detail now today we're just going to do you know a quick synopsis of them and give you a little brief history and uh what these uh corrupt agencies were up to and what they were trying to do or and or did or still are doing now now the first one we have it goes by the name of Project Iceworm. Now, building a nuclear missile launch base in your own country is one thing, but doing it in another country without their knowledge, well, that's just something else. But it really did happen. And the name of the secret project, again, was Project Iceworm. Now, during the Cold War, the Americans wanted easy access to strike targets in the Soviet Union. So, they decided to build a base closer to the enemy. They chose a site under the Greenland Ice Sheet And they told the Danish government officials that they wanted to build a research site that would study construction techniques in cold climates. That was the story they tried to sell. The name given to this cover project was Camp Century. The project was canceled in 1966 because of unsteady conditions created by the ice sheet. But the real purpose of the project, that wasn't even revealed until 1995, which was like the year me and Steve graduated high school. So we're talking 26, 27 years ago. Imagine the cojones it takes to build a nuclear facility in someone else's country. Yeah, because I mean, once you had those, once you had that facility ready to go, I mean, weren't they afraid that, okay, now we got to bring the nuclear missiles in? Wasn't the Danish government going to be like, hey, what are those? How's that studying uh, different climates in cold weather or uh, uh, conditions in cold weather? I mean, really crazy stuff. Project Iceworm, the American government set out to do this so that they could basically nuke the Soviet Union without being so far away and it being detected. Nuke them faster, right? Yeah. So... uh, Next one on our list. Now, I believe we did do a full show on Operation Mockingbird. Now, controlling public opinion using mass media sounds pretty plausible for the CIA, right? But whether or not it really happened is still under debate, but we're willing to bet that it has. According to some, Operation Mockingbird was a huge program run by the CIA from the 1950s, which sought to influence the news media for propaganda purposes. It alleges that the CIA funded multiple publications and magazines as front organizations to achieve this, and they may have controlled as many as 25 major magazines at the time. Now, none of these allegations have been quote-unquote proven to be true, well, at least not yet. But according to the CIA, Operation Mockingbird was a small operation that monitored just two journalists. (coughs) Wrong who were leaking information about top-secret projects, and the agency used surveillance to try and identify their source. Now, what you believe is up to you. But going back to Elon Musk, 
Does it really seem like it's uh, out of the realm of possibilities and the fact that it's probably still going on today? Now, if all these uh, data dumps are accurate and true, they're definitely still doing it, and they're including the, the FBI in it as well and major political parties, which is just crazy that that kind of thing goes on in you know the land of the free, America. But you know what? Our government's just as sneaky and creepy as any other country. So, And when they got called out on it last time, it wasn't just two journalists. And we go into that in, in detail in our Operation Mockingbird uh, podcast, but just as an overview, that's how they kind of got out of it. Right, and now it seems like they almost do like a, like a reversal on it. Like Elon Musk did a... a when he did his data dump, it was it was uh, reported by uh, you know, maybe like uh, like Fox News or uh, like smaller networks. But some of the major networks just decided they weren't going to cover them at all. <laughs> so I mean that within itself is a cover up. But uh, you know I guess we'll find out uh, more to come and, and when what's going on with that situation. So if you're on social media, follow what uh, information that uh, Mr. Musk is dumping. Steve, take us into this next one. Uh, I would love to do this next one. You know, I got married on May the 4th. Right. And people say that it's Star Wars Day, May the 4th. May the 4th uh, be with you is what they say. Right. This one's called the Strategic Defense Initiative, a.k.a. the Star Wars Program. Love it. The Strategic Defense Initiative SDI, sometimes also referred to as the Star Wars program, was a proposed missile defense system that could protect the United States against ballistic missiles. The program was first announced by President Reagan in March of 1983. Although the project wasn't a secret, it was overambitious based on technology of the time. The U.S. set its sights on combining ground-based units with orbital, orbital deployment stations, Yes, in outer space, to be able to shoot down incoming intercontinental ballistic missiles armed with nuclear warheads. Part of the plan involved using X-ray lasers. In 1993, the project's name was changed to the Ballistic Missile Defense Organization, or BMDO. And although the project was never fully developed or deployed, the research conducted has paved the way for the modern anti-missile systems. The BMDO was renamed to the Missile Defense Agency in 2002 and still continues to operate today. Now, if that's if that's truly what this project was designed to do, I got no issue with that. I think it's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if some other country is going to be evil enough that they want to try and uh, nuke America, it would be great to have some sort of defense. Now, if you're a Gen Xer, and you grew up during the late 70s, uh, early 80s, and you were a fan of uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. They, they did a comedy, or a comedy called Spies Like Us. If you've seen that movie, they use that technology in that movie so you can see kind of like uh, how they wanted it to work. Uh, spoiler alert, in case you haven't seen it in the movie, it doesn't work. They, they miss the rocket. And, you know, comedy ensues because it was just a comedy movie. But, you know, it's a great it's a great way to take a look at what they were probably or what they still are trying to uh, do to defend us against a nuclear fallout. This next one we got Project Twinkle. UFOlogists believe green fireballs 
to be among the best documented examples of unidentified flying objects to date. Now, since the late 40s, hundreds of people have reported seeing mysterious green balls of light in the night sky, particularly over the state of New Mexico. The military decided to investigate the matter further as the objects often appeared over military and research installations. They launched Project Twinkle in December of 1949. Now, mind you, December 1949, that's just two short years after the, uh, the Roswell quote-unquote crash. Now, to study these green balls of light in hopes of identifying them, at first the research seemed to indicate that the balls were artificial, perhaps even some sort of Soviet surveillance. But after two years, the project was shut down, and it was announced that the green balls had been identified as natural phenomenon, but they were extremely reluctant to share the results, which does make you wonder. I mean, here at Subtle Beast, we know that if they're reluctant to share the results, it happened. And also, if it was natural phenomenon, what is it, swamp gas again? Oh, anybody that believes that swamp gas ridiculous story, or weather balloons. Right. Come on. We can do better than that, people. Project Rainbow. The Lockheed U-2 was an aircraft developed especially for the CIA, which was used to conduct aerial reconnaissance flights over the Soviet Union. Now, unfortunately, the aircraft was picked up by the Soviets on radar almost immediately. The agency then launched Project Rainbow. It was a research mission aimed at reducing the radar cross-section of the plane to avoid it being tracked. Now, the team experimented with wires and absorbent materials known as wallpapers to improve the stealth capabilities of the airplane, but it ran into problems like overheating. Eventually, too many people knew about Project Rainbow, and the CIA didn't want the information going back to the Soviets. So, the work was moved to a new project called Gusto, which operated on a need-to-know basis, which basically they kept everything compartmentalized. The result of this project was eventually a new stealth aircraft known as the Lockheed A-12 Oxcart. Now, speaking of that, Steve, you were telling me in pre-show about this new craft that they just uh, recently released. And he showed me a picture of this new craft that uh, I believe it was uh, Northrop Grumman that put it out. Um, this thing looks absolutely amazing. Well, yeah, it's, the whole thing is so slender. It is uh, the B-21 Raider, and that one is deterrence the American way. So it is a brand new bomber that we have out there, completely stealth, using all the latest. Uh, here, look at this picture. Yeah, I mean this thing. It's just, it's like a big. It almost looks like it's white. I don't know if that's the lighting or if that's the color of the aircraft that they're using. It it it, it is similar to, um, you know, like the stealth bomber, but it looks like it's got a bigger wingspan. Probably can go way higher. And probably way, way faster. It looks awesome. Probably go the whole way around the world without fueling. There you go. I love it. Steve, this next one that we got? We do have this next one is... Project Orion. Project Orion. What would happen if mankind, for whatever reason, needed to get off the planet in a hurry? Well... In the 1960s, the Americans looked into building a spacecraft powered by atomic bombs, which they hoped would be able to carry Earth's survivors to a new planet. They called it Project Orion. 
The main problem, even with testing such a spacecraft, was, of course, pesky nuclear fallout. But the danger to human life wasn't the reason why the project was eventually canceled. Of course not. In 1963, the United States, along with most other nations, signed the Partial Test Ban Treaty, which prohibited the testing of nuclear weapons in the atmosphere, also in outer space and underwater, which signaled the end of Project Orion. Which is very interesting because, I mean, again, if you've been following us for quite some time, you know, they say that they stopped these or that they, they don't have the aircraft that is using nuclear power. Um, one of my favorite shows that we had done is a show that we titled 20 and Back, where we talk about the government having these types of uh, craft and the fact that they did visit other uh, uh, solar systems and other planets and stuff like that. I won't go too much into deep or into too much detail, but uh, if you haven't listened to that show 20 and back, I highly recommend that you do so because it's pretty awesome. And uh, it, I mean, it, it really shows you that they're, they've, they've gone beyond having to use nuclear power as far as a you know, spacecraft to get off planet. I'll tell you what, Fultz, uh, they used to have parties in Las Vegas because that's where they would test the nuclear bombs and the casinos would have all the guests come up, not all of them, but the elite guests come up to the top floor and they would have a big party and at some point the nuclear blast would go off and they were just out there watching it. Yeah, and they actually covered it. There used to be a series on, um, you know, uh, maybe like three, four years ago um, it was it was about time travel. I can't really think of what the name is right now, but it, it, it began with like time. Something. Timeless. Timeless. Yes. Thank you very much, Steve. I loved the series. Of course, it got canceled probably because there was too much truth in it. But uh, when they travel back, that is, it's actually on the day of that nuclear test, you know, and they think that they're being sent back to uh, try and prevent this or whatever have you. But um, yeah, check that series out. I believe it's on uh, one of the uh, streaming platforms now. If you want to check that out. Great, great series. This next one we got, Project Insectothopter. <laughs> Such a fun word to say, insectothopter. <laughs> now, you've got to hand it to the CIA. They certainly are inventive. In the 1970s, the research office experimented with small unmanned drones that mimicked nature and were able to completely blend in to the background. They planned to use these drones to take pictures in inaccessible places like high-rise buildings. They began the project using real pigeons equipped with surveillance equipment, but soon realized that it added weight quickly to them and it tired out the birds. During the next stage of the project, they developed Insectothopter, which was a small aerial vehicle the size of a dragonfly, even hand-painted to look like one as well. The idea seemed brilliant, but the project was abandoned when it became clear that the miniature drone was too tricky to control in crosswinds. Now, Bear in mind, they say that they abandoned this project, but I've seen a couple videos out that, that, that people have leaked where not only do they have these drones now, but they're not, they're not dragonflies. They almost look like, um, like if you ever go to the beach or whatever and you, and, and you get bit by one of those flies with like the green heads or whatever. It's, it's almost looks like that, just like a, a, a tad bigger, maybe like the size of a quarter 
these things are crazy looking. So you know that the technology, since them claiming that they've quit this project, has advanced so much that you know, they've got these things now and they're using them. At least that's the opinion of Subtle Beast. They're using them and they're using them covertly. Like they're stealth. People don't know it's such a small thing. It's a little bug. And they're using them to listen to conversations that they would never have been able to get before. Yeah. And in this one video I saw, this guy was holding one in between his fingers. And it made the sound of a fly. It was like, bzz, bzz, bzz. but as he flipped it over and he showed you like the entire thing, it was just, it was this mechanical looking like horse fly. Again, probably the size of a quarter. Just the brilliance that would have to go into this. I mean, crazy. But again, our government is crazy. And I don't put anything past them, especially with an unlimited budget. You bring in some of the most brilliant minds of our time, and they're going to be able to pull this off. Steve, I'm going to toss this next one to you. All right. This one is Operation Co-Intel Pro. Now, this was supposed, this was a series of of covert and often illegal projects conducted by the U.S. FBI. The aim of these operations was to monitor American political organizations by way of infiltration and surveillance and to discredit and disrupt them if needed. The program was officially started in 1956, and by 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. was just one of many individuals that would happen if mankind what would happen if mankind it was many individuals that were under constant surveillance they also targeted other black power movements and groups feminists organizations white supremacist groups anti-vietnam war organizers and anti-colonial movements Anyone they considered to be subversive. The FBI director of the time was J. Edgar Hoover. His orders to his agents were to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, neutralize, or otherwise eliminate the leaders and activities of these groups, and gave them almost unlimited power and resources to do so. The program was successfully kept secret from the public until 1971 when documents related to the project were stolen from FBI offices. Within a year, the project was officially terminated. Or so they say, because it's so reminiscent about what's going on um, in the world today. There's always some group that one side of the political arena will blame the other for you know, trying to be extremist, if you will. But, I mean... In like the 1950s uh, or in early 1960s, in West Germany, the uh, the governments there considered rock and roll to be subversive. So I mean, it's not too it's not too hard for them to just pinpoint just one particular outlet and say, "We can't have this. We got to shut this down." Because as we all know, rock and roll is amazing. But not in West Germany in the early 50s, 1960s. That was subversive, and you were an extremist if you performed it and or listened to it. Project 1794. Project 1794 was a secret U.S. military project conducted during the early years of the Cold War. The plan was to build a disc-shaped aircraft driven by thrust from a single turbo motor 
which would be capable of high speeds and altitudes. The U.S. Army planned to use the aircraft as a tactical combat craft, almost like a high-performance helicopter, not an inceptorcopter. <laughs> In the air, it would have looked like a flying saucer or UFO. Now, during its development, the project took on many different names, including Project Y2, Project Silverbug, Project 1794, and finally, Avrocar VC or VZ-9. During the program, only two Avrocars were ever produced, and eventually, thrust and stability problems caused the project to be abandoned. Now, if you want to see one of these vehicles, you can visit the U.S. Army Transportation Museum in Fort Eudis in Virginia. You know, it makes me think of, like, were, was our government trying to create these things due to what a lot of pilots saw during World War II, which they referred to as Foo Fighters. And the Foo Fighters, they said, were like these balls of light craft that would come around and they would surround their uh, their warplanes and such and cause tons of interference. So it was like, you know, did, did Hitler or, you know, the Nazi party have these uh, uh, Foo Fighter UFOs that they were using to try and to win the war and enhance their advantage, which, you know, a lot of people believe that that's, that's why, you know, we went, wanted to get into the war, and, you know, and, and recently here, and we just celebrated the anniversary of a Pearl Harbor. And that is the, and, and, and that is said today with documents released that we were well informed and had the information on the desk of the president of the United States that the, that the Japanese were going to attack Pearl Harbor, but we allowed it to happen so that we could get involved because we knew that Germany had this type of technology that was dealing in, in, in UFOs and receiving a bunch of different information from extraterrestrials. I mean, is that that too hard to, to believe that that would be a reason for the U.S. to get involved in a war? I don't think so, because, uh, you know, as we said on uh, podcasts in the past, that there are topics that are above top secret. As a matter of fact, like um, that, that they're called like a magic. And if you have magic clearance, I mean, that's dealing in everything from extraterrestrials to UFO to interstellar travel, all of that stuff. And... Uh, you know, we wanted to we wanted to get our hands on that, so we invaded and well, look, we we quote unquote won that war. We quote unquote defeated Hitler, unless you believe that you know he actually did escape because his body was never produced. They just say, oh, he killed himself, and we buried him. And they're just like, all right, that's good enough for us. He didn't go down to South America and didn't start bases in uh, Antarctica, which we do a whole show on that, so you can go and try and uh, pull that up if you'd like. Steve, I know you love Project MK Ultra. I do. I love that. I love Project Acoustic Kitty. Oh, then the oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I had been uh, studying this one, and this is outrageous that we did this one, and it's, it's verified we did this one. Project Acoustic Kitty. The goal of this $20 million CIA project was to use cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. The idea seems quite sound. I mean, you're hardly going to expect a cat wearing a listening device, right? Well, in the 1960s, the CIA embarked on a project called a Project Acoustic Kitty, believing the cats could be trained to move short distances and approach targets. A veterinary surgeon would implant a microphone into the cat's ear canal and attach a small transmitter at the base of the skull in a procedure that took about an hour. But... 
As we all know, cats are very unpredictable and difficult to train, and after a few attempts to use the kitties in the field, the project was abandoned. The project was finally disclosed to the public 34 years later in 2001 when some classified documents were released. I have to side with uh, with the government if they if they did in fact shut this project down. It's, I mean, I have cats. Steve has cats. I do, and, and I can't even call my cat to come sit on my lap. Like my cat will sit at, the, at my feet meowing because it wants pet, and I'll just be come here. Like I'll like tap on my leg, but come here, jump up here. You know, it turns around, shows me its butt, and walks away. It's like, yep. You can't get cats to do, at least my cats, you can't get them to do anything you want. Everything is always on their terms, and quite frankly, they're, they're pretty selfish. But and, we love them. And all the enemy would have to do is shake a bag of treats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing, they, they would just go running out of the room, like, hey, we didn't hear anything. We heard some rattling and like a <laughs> metallic squink <laughs> the russian treats yeah okay sorry so uh, and i did jump ahead and i revealed what the next one's going to be um project mk ultra steve do you want to do this one as well of course i do dude uh we did a whole show on this mk ultra is phenomenal it's an amazing uh project the stuff that they do in this project is it's kind of like heart-wrenching. Like, I can't believe that they've done this stuff. It, it really is heart-wrenching. And before you jump into this, I mean, we had we had a, a gentleman reach out to us uh, via email telling us that he is was part of MK Ultra and that it's still going on today. He was going to come on our show. He was going to reveal a lot of information. And timelines kept getting, uh, you know, really constricted and you know, he was writing to us and saying, "Come on, we we need to do this." But you know, this, that, and the other thing. He was like, "I'm afraid they're going to find my location," and you know, just one day we never heard from him again. He went dark. So, if you're listening out there, we still want to talk to you. Reach out to us, and uh, you know, we'll get you on this. We'll disguise your voice. We won't use your name, but we want to hear what was going on with you. We'll get you in and out quick. Right. So MKUltra, this project is sometimes also referred to as the CIA's Mind Control Program. And the storyline reads something like out of a dystopian sci-fi fiction movie. The program experimented on human subjects, who were for the most part uninformed about their participation, in an attempt to identify drugs and techniques that could be used for interrogations and for torture. The program began in 1950 and was officially terminated, or so they say, in 1973. Most of the research centered around LSD and other drugs, but they also experimented with hypnosis, sensory deprivation, long-term isolation, and physiological torture. The majority of the paperwork related to this project was destroyed by CIA director Richard Helms in 1973. So, we probably will never know the true scale of this secret operation. I believe it's still going on. Why would they quit? It's not like they got brought up on any charges or anything. Um, and I have to say, I mean, if anybody out there is listening and, you know, you, like the gentleman that reached out to us and you were part of these projects, it just sounds horrible. It just sounds like torture. I mean, let alone sensory deprivation, hypnosis, long-term isolation. Then you add LSD on top of it. It had to be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I'm sure that their their subjects are out there running around and 
probably scared for their lives. I would imagine so. No wonder, you know, it was, it was so difficult to try and, you know, keep in contact with this guy. He was probably scared to death. Now, another one that we did a full show on, Project Blue Book. Now, Project Blue Book was the third project of its kind, following Project Grudge and Project Sign. Within this secret project, the United States Air Force studied unidentified flying objects and reports of alien activity. Their goal was to assess whether or not aliens or UFOs posed a threat to national security and scientifically analyzed data. Project Blue Book ran from 1952 to 1970, and a report published after it was shut down stated that no evidence of UFOs had been found. And in the 60s, the CIA embarked, oh, sorry about that, and that at no time have aliens ever posed a threat to the nation. Now, theorists believe that this program to study accounts of aliens and UFOs still continues to this day, just under a different name. Some even believe that the Air Force has contacted aliens. Now, what do you believe? Now, someone asked me, I believe that uh, Project Blue Book was full of data, full of proof, and full of information, and that it just got shelved. Suppressed. Yep. I mean, they're not going to release that to, to the public, at least not yet, not until they want to go ahead with a Project Blue Beam, you know, and fake an alien attack on, on the world. And, uh, and I believe we do a show on that, too, Project Blue Beam. You want to check that out because, man, I'll tell you what, with the information that, uh, you know, insiders have, have revealed about that, they say that 99% of the population will be fooled by them because they have these, um, you know, alien reproduction vehicles that look menacing. I mean, you see these flying overboard, you're going to think, okay, we're being attacked by an alien species. But you know what? I always, I mean, I always have to think, you know, if aliens wanted to destroy this planet, it would be game, set, match. I mean, they would just do it. There wouldn't be any war. It wouldn't be Independence Day. It would just, it would be over. Their technology has far surpassed ours, just proven upon the fact that they came here. So you need to be informed about Project Bluebeam. Go check that out and know that this project, um, Bluebeam, I'm sure to this day is still going on. I also think that in Project Bluebeam, the uh, technology that they're going to use to project the deities into the clouds is available. I think that they're going to mix together the reproduction vehicles that they already have with this new technology that they have to make it seem like your God is coming down through the clouds, speaking to you directly inside your head, and you're going to listen. Yeah. I mean, people will think that, you know, if you're a Christian, that it's the second coming or it's 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 the rebirth of uh, whatever whatever God that you worship in your religion. And... You know, we've seen some of these videos with some of the projections that they can use. Like, uh, you could probably go out to YouTube and, uh, like, they they put on different shows showing, like, whales jumping out of a of a project of projected water. And it looks so real. Like, again, 99% of the population would be fooled by this. Next one we have is Operation Gold. This operation was a joint effort by the American CIA and the British Secret Intelligence Service, started in the 60s. The goal of the mission was to tap into landlines at the Soviet Army headquarters in Berlin. Now remember, this is way before the digital age, so hacking into a phone line wasn't that easy. They had to physically reach the lines, so they decided to build a tunnel. 
What the Americans and British didn't know at the time was that a Soviet mole informed the Soviets about the tunnel before they even began construction. The tunnel cost $6.5 million to build, and when it was completed, it stretched over 450 meters. The Soviets kept feeding the Americans and British false information via these lines, and when the mole was finally transferred to another department, they discovered the tunnel. Many details about this project are still classified, which means... Are they still trying to do it? Or they don't want you to know that the Americans and the British were trying to do something so devious as listening to all the phone calls of their enemies. I think it's cool, man. That's 13 football fields, 450 meters, 13 football fields long and made a tunnel underneath the Russians to get their phone lines. And the whole time they knew about it. They were just like, let's, let's, let's let these fools play this out. We're just going to feed them a bunch of garbage. I love it. Savage. Steve, take us away. Here we go. Operation North Woods. A false flag attack is where a country purposely commits terrorist attacks on its own people and then blames another country or group for the attacks. The goal is almost always to give the country an excuse to go to war. Some theorists believe that 9-11 attacks were actually orchestrated by the U.S. government. I'm one. I'm going to pause there so that Fultz can chime in. (laughs) He knew I would do it. And when you read about Operation Northwoods, it's easy to see why people believe that this could be possible. Operation Northwoods, which was developed by the U.S. Department of Defense, proposed committing a series of attacks on the American people, which could then be blamed on Cuba. In 1962, the U.S. was looking for a reason to invade Cuba, which was being run by a communist dictator, Fidel Castro. And they thought that the best way to get the people behind the war was to drum up some U.S. sympathy and make people hungry for vengeance. The plan was actually authorized by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but thankfully it was rejected by President John F. Kennedy. Documents related to this project were finally made available to the public in 1997. Now, Fultz, you and I know that the Bay of Pigs did actually occur. Yep. The Bay of Pigs definitely did. We have done tons of false flags just to get involved in, in different wars because war is money. And these warmongers, they, they finance both sides of them. You know, and it's no, it's no surprise that uh, JFK was the, uh, you know, the last president, to, in my opinion, to be honest uh, and, and, and shut this down. And, of course, we all know what happened to uh, JFK because he was such an, an honest, uh, which is, it's almost an oxymoron, an honest politician. But, uh, yeah, it seemed like he was the last one that was trying to do good for anybody in, uh, in America. And the last one on our list, Project, or the Stargate Project. During the 1970s, the U.S. received information that foreign countries, including the Russians, were, conduct- were conducting psychic research. Not wanting to be left behind, they launched a series of secret research programs to investigate the viability of using people with psychic powers to aid in military intelligence. Most of the work on the programs that included code names like the Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, and Sunstreak focused on remote viewing. Now, remote viewing is the supposed ability for certain people to be able to psychically see events and people from a great distance away. All the small projects were eventually consolidated into one, the Stargate Project, in 1991. 
The project was terminated and canceled in 1995, and the CIA released a report saying that although the program had yielded some interesting results, no remote viewing report had ever provided information that could uh, be acted on. i.e. lie. The program is featured in the storyline of the 2009 movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, although it's not referred to as the name. Now, we did a show on remote viewing. Swan. Yeah, Ingo Swan. And if you look into him, I mean, he, he, was, he was great at it. He's dead on. He, I mean, he was even doing things that where he was, uh, they gave him coordinates of Mars. He didn't, they didn't tell him it was Mars. They just gave him the coordinates and they said, go back 1 million years. And he was talking about, you know, a, a, a full and thriving, um, uh, what do I, I can't think of the word civilization, civilization. Yeah. And that, uh, and then they told him to come forward you know, like, uh, to, to present day. And you're like, well, it's just barren. And it looked like it was a place where like, a like a nuclear war took place. And, uh, Ingo Swan, I mean, he actually said that, uh, that he had remote viewed aliens on, on the, uh, on the moon and that they started to, uh, project back on him. And it scared him so bad that he, you know, he ended the session because they knew that he was watching them because of, of their psychic abilities. So um, it's a very interesting topic. I, I highly recommend you go and listen to our show on it and, uh, and look more into it. But in, Indigo Swan, man, he was a savage. I liked him a lot. There's a couple. I really enjoyed this show. There's a couple of these that are, I mean, just outrageous. The Insectothopter, that, that one is really good. Yeah, I like insect insectothopter a lot <laughs> as well. And like I said, we, we were just uh, on some of these were uh, wetting your beak a little bit, if you will. And you can go listen to them in entirety if you go back through our library and uh, and check them out. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to compile this list, you know, uh, again, kind of in in honor to uh, Mister Mister Musk for doing uh, you know his data dumps and uh, whatever the, whatever in our. Um, Whatever may come out of that, you know, that's still to be determined. But uh, these are some projects that, you know, actually went down and are, are in public knowledge now. So just knowing this list should, you know, open your mind a little bit to, man, if they were this corrupt back in the 70s and 60s and 50s, it's only ramped up more now. I mean, ba- Ex- exponentially more. Yeah. And it, I mean, and just listening to mainstream media, I mean, you're never going to hear any of the goodies you almost have to do uh, your own research or just tune in here to subtle beast i mean we'll keep you informed on uh what's what and uh what they're lying about what they're hiding or even worse what they're planning next so uh you know we hope you enjoyed the show i know we really enjoyed putting it together and uh just getting it out there and just letting you know you know there are dark forces that do dark things in the name of their own profitability and advancement into a, you know, maybe even a one world government, complete takeover of everything. So, Steve, did you enjoy yourself? I had a great time. I certainly did too. So we'll just leave it at that. And uh, again, we hope you enjoyed yourselves. But uh, until next time, I'm Volts. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.